This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello everyone and welcome along to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast with myself, Patrick Smith, on the Liverpool Echoes Blood Red channel, where we bring you all the inside information and tactical insights into Liverpool's next opponents. In Liverpool's penultimate match before the World Cup, it could genuinely be a season-deciding one as they travel to third-place Tottenham. Well, joining me now to provide all the information you're going to need on the Reds' Sunday opposition is Tottenham Hotspur reporter for Football.London, Rob Guest. Rob, welcome along to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? All good? Yeah, not too bad. Good to get stuck into this one. It's always a classic when Liverpool and Spurs meet in the Premier League, so we've got plenty to talk about. But well, we're going to get started then with just a general overview of Spurs' season so far. Sat in third place, 10 points clear of Liverpool as it stands, dramatically top the Champions League group. It's not a bad season for them so far, is it? Yeah, on paper it looks pretty good so far, especially when you look at the league table and then managing to top Group D in the Champions League in the very last minute on Tuesday night. But then when you look at the performances, Spurs haven't been at the best so far in a lot of games, especially when you look back to the final few months of last season when they were scoring goals for fun and, you know, getting the points on the board to get that Champions League finish. Uh, so this season, it's been a lot different. Sometimes they've been, you know, getting out of jail maybe with a few late goals. Uh, so maybe they will kick on uh, a lot more come the second part of the season. But I think when you look at the table as a whole, it does make for good reading. I mean, that's the thing. There have been a few dramatic late wins and it's not exactly been the perfect start, but they've won ugly, which is so important to do, isn't it? If you're going to be at the top of the table, winning those games where you potentially are second best is so important for teams like Spurs, isn't it? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that's the sign of a good team, to be honest, by you know winning games when you're not your best. And that has been the case uh, a number of times uh, for Tottenham this season. I mean... Last Saturday at Bournemouth, for example, 2-0 down after about 50 minutes. You're thinking they're not going to get anything here, but managed to get one back. And then once they got the second, I think there was only ever going to be one winner. And, you know, Spurs thankfully got the win on the board because otherwise that would have been three straight defeats in the Premier League and, you know, others are catching up. So Spurs still need to be getting the points on the board. Uh, but yeah, they're in a good position maybe not a play that the best can definitely go up a few more gears and hopefully that will be the case come the second part of the season. Do you think the past week could potentially affect Sunday's match? Because for Spurs, you know, there's a dramatic late comeback against Bournemouth that would have taken a lot out of their legs. Obviously, both sides played in the Champions League on Tuesday. It was a bit of a canter, really, for Liverpool against the Napoli side. They both played for 70 minutes like, you know, they both didn't need a result, which was true. And then they sort of kicked in. But for Spurs, it was a different story in Marseille, wasn't it? I mean, they really had to grind that one out and snatch the late victory. I mean, is that going to take it out of their legs for Sunday, do you think? Well, I think there's a there's a decent gap between the Marseille and the Liverpool games. Obviously, that was Tuesday night and it's Sunday afternoon, half four. So, yeah, uh, I think the players have been given a couple of days off. Uh, they were given yesterday off and they've got today off. So, I think that will certainly help them. Not being helped on uh, the injury front at all, really, with Son Heung-min picking up... Uh, an injury uh, quite early on against Marseille and there's other injuries in the squad. But I think, you know, Liverpool know this as well. T teams who have been playing European football is pretty much non-stop for them at the moment. But I think what will help Tottenham is just the, the confidence that 
the Bournemouth win gave them, and then as well winning uh, against Marseille, because at one point on Tuesday evening, it did look like they were going to crash out of the Champions League the way it was going. Yeah, I mean, it's such a dramatic victory for them. But the worst news was about Son. I mean, I understand he's had an operation on his eye socket. Um, could you tell us a bit more about his injury and if he's, a, I presume he's a doubt for Liverpool clash. Is he a doubt for the World Cup as well? Uh, I think that's up in the air at the moment. What happened was that he'd gone up for a header with Chancel and Bemba, who used to play for Newcastle. He'd just come off worse. He's got a blow, went down. Uh, he was walking off the pitch rather gingerly with one of the medical team, Davinson Sanchez, who was substitute, actually had to, you know, run down towards the tunnel and help him. And Spurs last night, which was practically 24 hours bang on straight after his injury, said he's, he has to undergo surgeries basically to stabilise the fracture uh, around his left eye. So... At the moment, yeah, he's not going to play on uh, Sunday against Liverpool in terms of the World Cup. We're not sure yet. I'm sure that all depends on how the surgery goes, how he reacts. He'll probably end up wearing uh, a mask uh, for protection. But I think what he can take some inspiration from is Kevin De Bruyne uh, did a similar injury in the Champions League final in 2021, and that was... I think that was like 11 days before Belgium started their Euro 2020 campaign. Uh, De Bruyne didn't play in the first game, played in the second game, was five days later. So I think for Son, between the Marseille game and South Korea's first game, I think it's against Uruguay, it's 23 days. So there's, you know, there's time on his side and, you know, South Korea will definitely want him in the squad because he's such, such an important player and he himself will be uh, doing all he can to be there. Yeah, I'm sure some will definitely make it up for that one. I mean, Liverpool fans quite crudely might be sort of delighted that he's going to miss the Liverpool clash, but I'm sure we're all hopefully going to see him back for the World Cup. A player young club, of course, is a big fan of. Um, well, yeah, let's move on to the next part then. We normally go through the team that Liverpool are playing from back to front, but the trend I'm finding on the pod this year is that you simply have to start with a discussion on the midfield. Because it's an area of the pitch where you know, nine out of ten times Liverpool outplayed in every measurable statistic. I mean, for Spurs, the midfield's been relatively impressive this season, hasn't it? Particularly with uh, Rodrigo Bentancur. Do you think this is where the match will be won or lost, as most Liverpool games have been this season? Well, I think so. Probably going on what I've heard about Liverpool's midfield this season, with you know players like Fabinho far from the best, and Klopp maybe just not having the options. So I think it's going to be a really, really key battle, and it's certainly been one of Tottenham's strong points this season. Uh, they signed Eves Pesuma from Brighton in the summer, and I think everyone was thinking he's going to come straight into the team and maybe take Pierre Milhoubiak's place, but. That's just not been the case at all. If anything, Hoybier has gone up another level or two this season, maybe because of the competition. Uh, with Basuma and then Oliver Skip coming back to fitness and he's contributed with goals and assists uh, a number of times so far this season. And Rodrigo Bentenker, someone who he developed such a good understanding with in such a short amount of time last season, he himself has been absolutely fantastic. Some crucial, crucial goals uh, over the past week uh, against Sporting CP in the Champions League to get an equaliser, then the last-minute winner against uh, Bournemouth last Saturday. And then Marseille as well, absolutely fantastic. When Spurs needed it most in the second half, he stepped up, got on the ball, 
got Tottenham uh, pushing forward and they were so much better for it. So those two have been absolutely outstanding this season and two players Liverpool certainly need to keep an eye on this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's bad enough for Liverpool in midfield, but those two are in such good form. Hoiberg scored an absolute screamer to win the match late for Spurs as well, didn't he, of course? I mean, my things are looking stable then in midfield for Tottenham. At the back is probably where most opposition fans will, you know, be looking at to get out their team. Do you think Tottenham's back five or three are well-equipped to cope with the dangers of Darwin Nunes, Mohamed Salah, or should Spurs be quite concerned? Uh, I think Spurs, you know, should be okay. Uh Obviously, there's quality players there in the front three, uh, Liverpool, and you just can't really give them an opportunity because, you know, nine times out of ten, they'll probably take it. Uh, for Tottenham, I imagine it's going to be the same back three as it was against Marseille. Christian Mero's injured at the moment with a calf problem. Then it's looking like he probably won't play uh, until after the World Cup but he will be fit enough to play for Argentina in the World Cup. So it's going to be probably Eric Dyer, right-sided centre-back, Clement Longley in the middle. A new role he's taken on in the past two games for Tottenham because he was previously playing on the left of the back three. Then you'd imagine Ben Davies will be there as usual. In terms of the wing-backs, I don't know which way he's going to go with it uh, this weekend because with some being absent, you can maybe put even Perisic upfield and play Ryan Sessignon as the left wing back. Emerson could come in at right wing back because he did well in the 45 minutes uh, against Marseille in the second half. So, yeah, I think maybe Liverpool might see it as a chance to, you know, get the better of Tottenham in that area of the pitch. But Tottenham have some good defenders uh, in there. But well, I think, as we were saying, the key battle is going to probably be in the middle of the park, first and foremost. I mean, you touched on it there, the wing-back situation, because it's clear that even Antonio Conte isn't necessarily happy with the players he's got in the positions. Do you think that's where Liverpool can mainly hurt Spurs, you know, with the full-backs of Robbo and Trent overlapping? Is that where Liverpool can really hurt Tottenham, do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's two quality options Liverpool have there on either flank, and I'm sure that it's like two quality players Antonio Conte would love in his system because in his system, the wing-backs are so, so important in terms of, you know, contributing goals and assistance Spurs probably aren't really getting that from their players even Perisic has been contributing with a number of assists Ryan Sessignon's done well scored against Bournemouth but maybe could be better in the final third then it's on the right where Tottenham have uh, a bit of an issue in terms of in terms of creativity and then there just doesn't seem to be a player who is the number one in that position. It's been a bit chopping and changing in recent weeks between Emerson and Matt Doherty. But what I would say about Emerson is maybe he isn't the best player going forward, but defensively he's not bad at all. And uh, he caught well, I think it started May against Liverpool, uh, the 1 1 draw at Anfield. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Spurs can be good defensively on the day with the wing backs, but I think they certainly an area Liverpool will be looking to target. Yeah, I'm sure Liverpool fans will be having nightmare flashbacks of that one or draw Ben Davis turning into a prime Paolo Maldini. <laughs> a player I do rate very much, though, as a lover of the Welsh national team. But yeah, that night he was ridiculous, wasn't he? Well, let's move on then to the attack. I mean, it's the crowning jewel, if you like, of this Tottenham side, isn't it? But without Hyungman's son, how are they going to cope attacking-wise? 
it's uh, it's up in the air at the moment. I don't know, uh, to be honest, uh, because there's just so many injuries. Dane Kulaseski's uh, been out with the hamstring injury since the international break in September. I think he's missed about 10 or 11 games now. Richarlison's got a calf injury, so you're probably thinking it's either going to be a 3-4-3 with maybe Perisic and Lucas, either side of Kane, or he goes with a three-man midfield, and that'll be Kane and Lucas up front. So, yeah, a player of Son's quality is going to be a big, big miss, but he's only scored in two games for Tottenham this season, what's rather strange. That was Patrick against Leicester, and I think it was he got two in the Champions League against uh, Frankfurt. So, yeah, it's probably an area Tottenham are certainly lacking in at the moment with uh, the injuries, but give Harry Kane a chance, you know, he'll more than likely take it. Yeah, well, <laughs> we don't want to give in Harry Kane any time at all because of the way Liverpool's luck has been going defensively, he's almost certain to score, isn't he? Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, let's move away from the team now and move on to Antonio Conte. It's been almost a year, if I'm correct, um, since he's been in charge at Spurs. Um, now most Liverpool fans will be aware of his start in the Chelsea days. Generally, the impression is they play boring defensive football. Are people right or wrong to assume that? Uh, he's not been the greatest so far this season, especially in comparison to last season when they were really going at teams and just scoring for fun. This time it's uh, a bit more conservative. Tottenham have been really poor in first half of games and then second half they just look a totally different side. So it's uh, it's not been easy on the eye so far this season, but sometimes I don't, I don't think you can really complain about the style of play if you're getting the results. Maybe if you, then you're not getting the results, maybe then you can say something uh, about the style of play. What I would say in terms of probably over the past month, why Spurs haven't looked at the best and maybe just not clicked, the absence of Dane Kulisewski. He is just such a key player for Tottenham. Uh, made a world of difference when he came in last season, carried on his form the first few weeks of the new season and then injuries hit and Spurs just don't really have another creative player in there. So that's maybe why things don't look so good in the final third, but they do have the place to get them out of jail uh, time and time again with, you know, Kane and Son in there. I mean, how is this play style received by Tottenham fans? I mean, they're probably in their best position since Potter's there, aren't they? I mean, do they want him in for the long run because they, they might want a trophy under him or is their frustration starting to grow with the boring style, as you mentioned? Uh, I think some fans are probably a bit unhappy uh, with the style of play, especially given Tottenham have probably always been known as this, you know, attacking team, plays good football, what's easy on the eye, and that's just not been the case. Uh, but they've got a proven winner in charge in Antonio Conte. He's shown time and time again that he wins 
trophies at every club he's been at. Won the Serie A with Inter Milan before he came to the club. Won trophies at Chelsea as well, Juventus. So this year it's a real chance for Tottenham to win some silverware and fingers crossed they will be able to go on a good run in the domestic cup competitions and then hopefully the Champions League as well, maybe depending on how Monday's draw plays out. So first and foremost, Tottenham need to be winning trophies. They've not won one since 2008, so that's what, uh, 15 years next year. Such a long time. Uh, yeah. I think they just need to be winning trophies, but you want the style of football as well, what comes with it. But I think once Kulisevsky's back in the team, it will look a lot better. It's that dilemma of would you rather play ugly and win trophies or play beautiful football and ultimately win nothing? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. sort of answered my next question because it was going to be about the realistic and idealistic expectations for Spurs this season. Top four seems sort of nailed on. I'm going to go out and say that. I don't think that's too risky a statement to make. But which trophy do you think they will prioritise? I mean, is the League Cup enough if they win that or does it need to be an FA Cup potentially? Well, in terms of the top four, I probably won't say, say it's nailed on <laughs> at the moment. Probably first few weeks of the season, you're thinking, yeah, most definitely. But given they've lost a couple against Manchester United and Newcastle, that has opened up the door for both of those teams and they have narrowed the gap. So I think it is going to be close in terms of the top four race, but Spurs have the quality there and if they can top it up in January they can most definitely get another top four finish but that's just got to be dependent on results in terms of trophies would the League Cup be enough maybe at the end of the day it's a trophy and I don't think you can be too picky if you've not won anything for going on 15 years uh, but I think all Tottenham fans and everyone else at the club will have you know loftier ambitions and the want to go far in the FA Cup and maybe win that, maybe, you know, have a really good run uh, into the latter stages of the Champions League again and then have a, a really good uh, league campaign. Tottenham just need a trophy, whether it's a case of <laughs> it was with Chelsea in 2005 where they won the League Cup for the first time and then it's just like a snowball effect really after that and they started winning the league and then all the other trophies. Tottenham just need one trophy, whether it's the League Cup, the FA Cup or the Champions League. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the league there as well. I mean, if you look at the top of the Premier League table, it's not happy reading for Spurs fans, but they're only five points away from the top and they're only three points behind Man City, which probably makes their loss to Newcastle at home even more frustrating. I mean, are they underdogs in the title race at all? Is there any shout for that? Or is it firmly a top four race for Spurs? I think it's... Uh... A bit early to say in terms of uh, the title race, maybe if you ask me that later in the season. I think they've just got to keep themselves in a good position in the table, but you'd imagine City will win the league. Yeah. Although Ars Arsenal are going great guns at the moment and credit to them playing good football and winning games. So they might be in with uh, a shout themselves, but all Tottenham can do is just, you know, keep in a good position. I don't think anyone's expecting them to go out and win the league. I think probably the ideal thing coming into this season was just narrowing that gap between themselves and Man City and Liverpool because it was huge last season. It has been in the previous few seasons. So just narrow that gap, you know, just see where you are come February, March time and then just kick on from there. 
yeah, it's going to be a very strange season, I think, and even stranger season for Liverpool as well, because the top four is slipping out of their hands. I mean, that's why I think Sunday's a must-win for Liverpool. Well, I'm going to bring it back around to Sunday's match. Let's talk with team news. We've touched on quite a few of them. So the notable injuries and suspensions within the Spurs squad. And is anyone expected to return for the Liverpool game? I think we'll know more tomorrow when Antonio Conte speaks to the media at half one. I think, obviously, Son's going to be missing Christine Romero as well. Dane Kulisewski, not sure yet, uh, because he had been in training a couple of weeks ago uh, and then just suffered a setback. But he was on the pitch at Bournemouth before the game, working on his own, doing some sprints. Uh, so I think he's nearing the return to fitness, whether he'll be quite ready to be back in the squad yet. We don't know. Uh, Richarlison, not too sure on. Uh, maybe that might come after the Liverpool game in the Nottingham Forest and the Leeds games. Uh, but as I said, we'll probably know a lot more tomorrow when Antonio Conte speaks to the media. Yeah, I mean, if Richarlison was playing, that would have been a very tasty one indeed. But uh, hopefully, well, presumably he's not going to be playing. So last question as well, if you had to predict Tottenham's lineup and shape when you touched on the midfield, what are you going to go for, a three or a two? I'll go for a midfield three, I think it'll be. Uh, so it'll be Hugo Lloris in net, Eric Dyer, Clement Longley, Ben Davis at the back. I'll go for Emerson Royale to start again with even Perisic, a midfield three of Pierre-Emil Hoibieg, Rodrigo Bensonker, and then Yves Basuma, and then up front, Harry Kane with Lucas Mora. It's a dangerous look inside that. Them two on the break, running in behind Liverpool as well. They've been hurt the most this season. I was actually lying as well because that wasn't the last question. This one is, and it's the most dreaded one on the podcast. I'm going to have to ask you for a score prediction. Spurs to win by one goal. I don't know whether it'll be 1-0 or 2-1. I'm not sure about it. I'll go for Spurs to win, just compound Liverpool's words even more. <laughs> Very friendly. I mean, yeah, I'm really not confident heading into this one, to be honest. As I said, it's just a must-win for Liverpool season. I think you need to make the statement, go there and win. But I just can't see that happening, to be honest, especially away from home. Well, Liverpool have been so poor this season. So based on that, I'm going to go for an optimistic two-all draw. But we'll wrap it up there. A huge thank you to my guest on today's pod, Rob Guest. I'm sure you've had that one a few times before. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Rob. No problem. Happy to come on. And of course, a huge thank you to all of you for listening and watching along as well. Be sure to keep up to date with all of our content on the Blood Red channel and Liverpool Echo site and social channels, as we'll bring you all the pre-match build-up and post-match reaction of Liverpool's trip to Tottenham including Jürgen Klopp's press conference. So make sure you're all subscribed to the Bud Red channel. But for myself, Patrick Smith, and from Rob Guest, thank you so much for joining us, and goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.